Happy Friday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. Today is Friday, October the 26th, and I'm the show host, Rich, and thanks for stopping by and hanging out for a little bit. So, we're coming up on the weekend here, and you might have some weekend travel plans, or you might just be looking to kick back and relax for the weekend. Whatever it is you're doing, I hope you have a great one. Here, I already know that uh, Pointer Rocks is going to be filling up for the weekend again. We've had some crazy temperatures lately, and things have been warming up here at the end of October. So, during the day, the air conditioner is running, and during the evening, the heater is running. Strange time of year. Just a week ago, we were actually pretty much freezing our butts off. So, <laughs> the, uh, the long pants, the long shirts came out, and yesterday I was hunting around for a pair of shorts. So yesterday I was out doing some more drone work, so that made for an interesting afternoon and a lot of post-processing work to finish up afterward. And I'm thinking less about the work week now and about actually taking a little fun time this weekend, so we'll see if I can actually pull that one off. So Fridays are always random days here at the Airstream Chronicles podcast, and today I wanted to talk about the digital telecom revolution. So not travel, not, uh, not mobile tech for the Airstream, not uh, building my own business. I actually, this is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time, and it's always been kind of a strange story to me, uh, how I got into telecommunications back in the 90s. So in 1995, I made the decision to leave grad school. I was uh, in graduate school to become an economist, and... Uh, was in the doctoral program at University of New Hampshire, and I made the decision that I was no longer interested. You see, as I was uh, doing my master's degree and then working toward the doctorate, I got into the economics of digital networks. That was um, when the internet was becoming the internet. So before 1995, I had started writing a thesis on the economics of the digi of digital networks, and I started getting into website development, uh, server building, uh, learning all about TCP IP. So I spent a lot more of my time learning about network engineering than I spent my time on doing the economics side of things. And I was a little burned out with academia, and this whole TCP IP internet revolution looked to be coming to a head. And it was, it was much more interesting and fun than worrying about being an academic and um, teaching at a university. So I decided, hey, this, this looks more enjoyable. So in the fall of 1995, I decided to leave the program, and I knew enough about HTML to start cobbling together some small websites. And I was working on a Windows NT server. It was a, a digital alpha machine that was actually at the university. And um, my... Uh, <laughs> My professor who I worked for was into the semiconductor industry, so he got very interested in what I was doing with the economics of digital networks. And so that fall, I took a job with a small company called New Hampshire Access Internet. They actually put out a magazine um, in New Hampshire, so um, they were tied into one of the very heavy-hitting political families in New Hampshire at the time. So I did a drive every day from Dover, New Hampshire, all the way out to Nashua, New Hampshire. That was a really long daily ride. And I actually started helping build the New Hampshire Access Internet website and doing some server maintenance. And I was getting paid a whopping $19,000 a year at the time, which really wasn't enough to uh, 
fully live off of. So I did that job for a couple of months and the head IT guy left and there was some internal politics going on there and I didn't I didn't like the way that place was going. So in December of 1995, I decided to take a risk. I actually took out a small personal loan from a friend of mine and I started putting myself out there um, for TCP IP and Windows NT server work. And so this is where it gets interesting and fun. This is where the crazy stuff happens. So somewhere in January in 1996, I got contacted by a company called The Future Now, and they became Aerotech The Future Now. And they matched up consultants with businesses who needed people. So I drove down to Massachusetts. I went into this giant marketing group uh, location, and I got to speak with the guy who was trying to find me some tech jobs. And so we talked for a bit, uh, talked about my background. And this was um, this guy was a strictly marketing guy, a tech marketing guy. He didn't really know what all the things were. He, he knew some of the, um, the jargon, so TCP IP, uh, Windows NT server, digital networks, all those types of things. And um, a month later, he got in touch with me and said, we have a contract with another company. So we got another company who hires contractors. And they were having a hard time finding a person to do a Windows NT server in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. And that was convenient for me because Massachusetts and New Hampshire, I lived in New Hampshire. And part of the job was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and part of the job was down in Woburn, Mass. So he said to me that um, I needed to meet with the hiring manager for the other contract company. So I was working for one contract company, and that contract company was working for another contract company, and they were working for a final client. So, hey, three layers between me and the client. Sounds awesome. So we arranged to have a meeting in Boston with the, uh, with the new hiring manager. So I drove down there, and I met up with my contact from the future now, and I was dressed up really nice. And uh, he looked me up and down and looked me up and down and then focused on my left ear and said, take that earring out, take that earring out now. Don't ever wear that to an interview again. And I was like, whoops, I, you know, I didn't know. I had a tiny little earring in my left ear. What are you going to do? So he brought me into this wonderful building um, that had a gorgeous atrium in downtown Boston. It was just a beautiful location. And um, we sat down at a little cafe area waiting to meet this next contracting company's hiring manager. And so we waited there for a little bit and the guy was prepping me and, you know, telling me what to say. And, um, you know, I was just concerned about the fact that I popped my earring in my front pocket and I was a little bothered by that. So finally, the second contract company hiring manager came out, came walking up to us. And this was absolutely amazing. Straight out of the 60s. Total hippie. So we had multiple gold chains hanging around this guy's neck and his shirt was buttoned down, not one, not two, but three buttons. I have never in my life seen a chest as hairy as this guy's. So um, total and complete long haired, giant bearded hippie dude with gold chains comes out to meet us. And I looked over at, um, at my contact, at, uh, at my marketing manager guy, and thought to myself, so I took my earring out for this, huh? So there you go. So he left. The, um, the, the second hiring manager didn't want him in the building for the conversation. And um, 
he sat across the table from me and he drew a little ladder and he says, okay, I'm going to make a ladder, a software ladder and a hardware ladder. And I'm going to, you know, in talking to you, we're going to, we're going to figure out where you're at in these ladders. So we started having our conversation. He had like two or three questions for me. And then he stopped and he goes, you know, I don't know if I'm going to find the right guy or not find the right guy for this position. I'm having a really hard time finding the person for this position. It's, it's really, really difficult. And I'm just not finding the person that I want. And my wife says that, you know, I don't know what I want and I'm not happy in my job. And the only time that I am happy is I'm working at this youth program at my church. And that's when I really feel productive and good about things. And so he went on to have about a 45 minute conversation with me about his marriage, his children, and uh, everything to do with life outside of the contract that he was trying to fill. So um, I drove away from that. I said to myself, wow, well, that was a, that was some money, you know, driving down to Boston from the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area. And I felt really disappointed and dejected. Like I said, this was like February 1996. So I was feeling put off that I took my earring out just to hang out with some super hippie dude who, you know, was carrying more gold chains than I could possibly carry. And it was just, it was such an odd experience. And I continued having experiences like that with all these consulting companies who were gearing up for this tech boom. And they didn't know they were gearing up for this tech boom. But a month later, in March of 1996, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from the company The Future Now again but not the guys that I was dealing with in Boston. Um, no, no, this was, this was different. Um, these were guys from Kansas City, and they said that they had a contract with a telecom company that needed a person in Massachusetts and in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it sounded real familiar to me. It sounded like what I'd already talked about. So we had a 10-minute phone call. So I had this conversation for 10 minutes with, um, with one of the recruiters, from the future now in Kansas. And that recruiter asked me a couple of technical questions. I answered the technical questions because they needed someone to run a mail server, run the Windows NT server, and do general tech support three days a week between two locations. One day a week in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, two days a week down in Massachusetts. And um, as we finish up the conversation, the recruiter says to me, you know, we've been having a hell of a time finding someone. Our Boston office just can't find anyone. And, you know, we don't know what to do about it, but um, we think you're the guy. So the next day I got a package of information from them, uh, an address in Massachusetts to take a ride to, and I was hired. So I drove down to Massachusetts for the, um, the first day of the contract. By the way, this three-day-a-week half a day contract was more money than I had ever made in my life. Um, on the consulting contract, had I been there full time, um, I would have been doing great. But the part time hours I worked it out would have come out to about $42,000 a year for me working three days a week. It was awesome. It gave me time to go rock climbing and go backpacking and still work and earn a living and start paying my school loans off and that personal loan for my friend who had loaned me some money to tie me over while I was trying to find that, that first real tech job. So I drove in my first day 
And I got there and I got to meet the um, the guy who I'd be working with that I'd be answering to, the manager, David Bean. And I got shown a little closet where the server was and the tape backup system and the Windows NT server and the um, and the uh, Exchange server, or it wasn't an Exchange server then, but Microsoft's mail server. And um, while I was there getting set up and reading through all the documentation, a guy came into my little closet and I looked up at him and I realized he was the tech guy from New Hampshire Access Internet who had left a little before me to go get a better job. So he had actually done the Windows installations um, for the place. And it turns out that the company was called Sprint Spectrum LLC. So they were a telecommunications company. And I was all dressed up, by the way. So I ran into my old friend from New Hampshire Access Internet, and he says to me, God, you know, my hiring manager just couldn't find anyone. I should have thought of you. And he said, my hiring manager ended up quitting his job and going to work full time for the youth ministry services of his church. So as it turned out, the guy that I interviewed with before, who had all the gold chains and the body hair issue, um, that guy quit his job shortly after interviewing me and went full time to working um, with the youth services at his church because he enjoyed that more. And apparently also he and his wife were filing for a divorce. This is what I found out from my friend from New Hampshire Access Internet. So in the end, uh, through all this messing around and driving around and uh, the job that I was looking into beforehand turned out to be the job that I got. And that is how I started in with Sprint PCS. I was actually a contractor doing their uh, TCP IP network, their server maintenance, and general installations and setups of new Windows machines for the new engineers that they were hiring. And I was with them for several months. My contract ran through August of 1996. That's when my contract was up. And as it turned out, um, the Sprint staff really enjoyed the work that I did and enjoyed working with me. Um, unfortunately, the guys out in Kansas City who were um, the Sprint guys, they were actually training local network admins and sending all these people from Kansas City out to different cities across the U.S. So my manager, Dave Bean, and the regional director, John Williamson, actually had me in on a conference call one day where they made the argument, hey, we've already got a great guy. We want to keep him here. And Sprint said to them, nope, nope, we are sending a guy to you right now. But since this guy is really good, maybe you could send him out to Kansas City for us. And um, I didn't want to move to Kansas City. I had no interest in Kansas City whatsoever. So um, I went ahead and walked away from that. So the contract wrapped up. And um, actually, right at the end of July, start of August. And I was interviewing for other contracts. And while I was driving around one day after a disappointing interview, I decided to go visit my friends at Sprint in Massachusetts. And while I was wandering the building saying hi to everybody, the network engineering manager, Mary LaPuma, who I had never had a conversation with, I was always a little afraid of her. Um, she was a very serious person, as it turned out. She was also responsible for planning the New England network. So there was a good reason why she was a very serious person. We only had one interaction, and that's um, when they moved offices. They moved from one building to another building. I was actually tasked with setting up their all their network connections, wiring out uh, network connection bay, uh, what's called a DSX, and um, 
when I finished moving them, I actually came in the day that the move was supposed to be completed, and I had everything done. And while I was just retesting everything, I got an email from Mary. And that email just said, thank you for actually making sure that I had email when I got to my desk this morning. She thought that she'd have a disaster and network problems for the day with the official move. And instead, she found out that she could get right to work that day. So she sent me a very nice thank you. And she made mention that she used to work at Bell Atlantic 9X Mobile. And her IT team of 40 people couldn't have done what I did in that move that day. So I felt really great about that. And I always, I saved that email and I still have that email to this day. So that was really nice of Mary to say to me. And um, so while I was visiting all of my old friends who, you know, I become pretty good friends with several of the engineers, the radio frequency engineers, the network design engineers. And so I was walking through the building just to say hi to several people. And Mary LaPuma, who was on a conference call, got up from her desk, knocked on her window and called me in. So this was my first actual in-person interaction with her. And she was on the phone with someone and she pointed to a chair, had me sit down and um, said to the person on the phone, um, someone more important that I've been wanting to talk to just walked in, so I'm going to have to let you go. And so Mary abruptly hung up on them, looked at me and said to me, so I know that you know how to manage thousands of connections. Can you manage hundreds of thousands of connections the way that you can manage smaller networks? And then she began drawing on a whiteboard and showing me exactly what they were doing. And that was the first time that she said Sprint PCS and that they were a new wireless company. So I knew when I was contracting for them, I was working for Sprint Spectrum, that they were part of Sprint. So I knew they were some kind of telecom company. But it wasn't until that day when Mary pulled me into her office to draw things on the whiteboard that I knew that they were building a new digital cellular network. And that's what was going on there. And after we had our conversation, I said to her, absolutely. And, you know, that, that, that would actually be easy to me. Um, she said, okay. She nodded her head a bit and um, she let me go. So then I went and visited with my friends and uh, took my ride home and thought, wow, was this, this was a really strange day. And I got to talk to Mary. And um, the next day I had a FedEx package at 8.30 in the morning for a drug test and a hiring package that was on a Thursday. And my job started on Monday. And so that is how I started doing network engineering and network design for Sprint PCS. First, I had to work on a contract for a contract for a contract. I had to interview with strange people. I had to take my earring out. I drove back and forth from New Hampshire to Massachusetts a ton. Finally, I landed a cool contract. And at the end of that cool contract, the staff at the place wanted me to stay, but they couldn't find a way to get me to stay. And then they found a way to get me to stay by turning me from just a little website and email server administrator into a telecommunications network engineer. And so there's my whole story of the crazy digital telecom revolution and how it started in my life. So I hope you had fun with this and I hope it wasn't too boring. And for you tech people out there, um, I'm sure you did get a kick out of this. And I'll tell you, working in telecom was like um, living in a Dilbert cartoon. And go figure, the guy who created Dilbert worked in telecommunications for a couple of years. So that's where he got all of his material. 
some other day I'll tell you more about the Sprint days, the AT&T days, and the USL days. And uh, But I just thought I'd share this one. I've always wanted to write this story down because I just thought it was so crazy um, how I got my first position. I was contracting for the Future Now, who had a contract with Aerotech, who had a contract with Sprint. And while I didn't get the job on the first pass, when I got interviewed by somebody from Kansas City in 10 minutes' time, I got the job right then and there. And then go figure, on a quick office visit after my contract was done, I got pulled back in um, to do a new job and to experience an amazing learning curve. And by the way, some of the engineers in the network design group said, we really don't like the IT guy that they brought in, so this is double duty for you. You're going to do the IT work for the network engineering group, and you're going to learn how to be a network engineer. So it was awesome. I was like, wait a minute, you're going to pay me money and teach me things. Huh. Kind of opposite of college where I pay them money and they don't teach me that much at all. So, so there you go. There, there is my entry into the digital telecom revolution. And I will say one more thing. A year after I got in there, I asked my new network design manager, Tony, uh, a question that I'll talk about someday. Mary had been promoted and so Tony took over our group. And one day, just the, um, just the graduate student in me, I said to Tony, I said, what do you think the sociological impacts of what we're doing today with these digital networks is going to do down the road? Tony rolled his eyes at me, <laughs> kind of shook his head and said, Rich, this is just a job. This is just a paycheck. Ah, it was way more than a job and way more than a paycheck. We were right at the start of this insane network revolution that we're all living today. Who would ever have thought of an iPhone or an Android back in 1996? Not me, that's sure. So, okay, everybody, thanks again for stopping in. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It wasn't a travel story, but it was a story. So I hope it gave you a little laugh, too. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch, you can drop me an email at rich at rlcdesign.net. Or if you're an Anchor FM subscriber, you can leave up to a one-minute audio message for me through the Anchor FM app, and I'll be happy to talk about whatever subjects you'd like on upcoming podcasts. So have an awesome weekend, and I've got a little more work to get done this morning, and then I'm going to start my weekend a little early, I think. All right, everyone, have an amazing day and an amazing weekend. Thank you.